Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. It's episode 7 of One Life Left Lockdown, an episode 500 and something, I think, of One Life Left proper. We are the longest running video game radio show in the world and arguably the world's favourite. At least we would argue that. My name's Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. And for the next hour, we're going to be talking about video games and, you know, things related to video games and ourselves and our lives and what's going on. What is going on, Simon? Well, uh, we're getting ready to be locked down again, aren't we? Are you uh, excited? <laughs> oh, I'm thrilled. I can't wait. How are you preparing yourself this time round? Uh, well, I'm, uh, you know, I've got all of the online shopping orders queued up. Do you? Bas- Good. Baskets toilet full of toilet roll. Like <laughs> <laughs> a house of toilet roll. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not changed anything for me, really, because I was already pretty isolated and um, no one's able to really see anyone else. In fact, the only people I see tend to be for work or my family, both of which are still permitted. So for me, it's not going to change anything, um, but it was still pretty miserable to hear it, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, similar to you, I don't, um, I don't tend to go out much. I do like going out, though. I do like the pub, so I'm going to miss that for a month. It's my birthday this month as well, isn't it? So I'm going to have one of those lockdown birthdays that uh, everyone, everyone else was having earlier in the year. Mm, that's exciting. I mean, that's assuming people aren't sick of them and care enough to throw you one, of course. Well, uh, I've already told my wife I don't want a Zoom party, <laughs> so I'm just going to sit in on my own uh, and. Um, enjoy my birthday that way but you know hey it could be worse couldn't it It could be worse i'll join you for one quick zoom yeah happy birthday party blowers what day of the week is it um so yeah that's happening uh from thursday um but yeah no apart from that not not a lot going on um i uh i've had my son over this weekend and uh i've just um (laughs) he's been in this room 
just in case the police are listening, he's been playing Minecraft <laughs> and Fortnite and Roblox and Candy Crush. Uh, but the, but the issue with that is that he's using all of the all of the setup that I am at the moment, and I've only just discovered uh, that my headphones were turned right down. So uh, apologies. That's that interesting. That I've so, had to compensate. So have uh, you watched him play Roblox? Uh, yes. Um, not all of the Roblox games, obviously, because there are like a million of them. Most of them copyright infringing as well. Mm. Uh, Roblox is is one of those huge swathes of gaming that is a complete mystery to me uh i've never knowingly played roblox or indeed witnessed anyone playing roblox all i know about it is that it is a phenomenon amongst younger gamers and that uh it's full of like you say knockoffs of uh commercial games rendered in this what well what appears to me to be an incredibly ugly um almost I want to say Lego, but it's not. It's like those cheap and nasty uh, rip-offs of Lego you get in pound shops. <laughs> Compatible with all leading brands. Yeah, that that kind of aesthetic. Uh, what was your impression of Roblox? Uh, well, so Roblox is more of a platform than a game. Mm. And, um, you know, the games that Dexter plays with his mates are ones that um, are... Sort of cartoon violence games, uh, mm-hmm. with the throwing knives at each other or shooting each other or sniping. They've all got um, uh, ripped off music in there as well. Uh, yeah, but he he seems to enjoy it with his mates. Um, I, I forget the names of the ones that he's been playing. Some of them were yeah, uh, one in particular where uh, you're you're th- throwing knives at each other. But you know, it looks cartoony, doesn't it? Or, or it looks sort of Minecrafty. So no I've harm heard... being done there. In fact, I am almost regretting telling you that he's sat in here playing Roblox and I should have just lied and said he's playing Call of Duty because that, <laughs> that probably sounds to the untrained ear <laughs> better than what I've just described yeah he's going around stabbing people well I've heard that um, from some of my game design friends that actually game designers should be playing more and watching what's going on in Roblox because while there is an awful lot of nonsense on there and thinly veiled uh, revamps or, or remakes of commercially successful titles there are also a lot of kids just throwing stuff out there and sometimes you get really really interesting thin uh barely finished game dynamics that are actually quite cool and the potential to rip those off and bring them into (laughs) the world of gaming proper yeah is is you know it's there so well then maybe i'll see you in roblox (laughs) next next week um it was good having a guest on last week wasn't it Mm, it was uh, really, really enjoyed it, and you know, enjoyed editing it together as well. One hundred and fifty percent more complicated, but absolutely worth it. Thank you so much, Brinley, for joining us. I enjoyed it. Um, we are hoping to have a guest on the show later on. Mm. Uh, we we are um, uh, we're going to be recording the bulk of the show now, and then hopefully interviewing our guest uh, later. We're going to drop that in the regular interview slot. So. Um, I guess uh, as we go through the show, we're going to have to uh, think about two different scenarios, whether he turned up or whether he didn't turn up, because we, <laughs> we won't know, will we? Fingers we should, crossed. Anyway, it should be a good one. We should probably also record some sound bites from them, so we can just splice those into the show as well, like just them going, I uh-huh. agree, and that's a very good point, Simon. <laughs> or them trying to count, or we, we, we could drop in... Uh, or sorry, we could just claim that um, our guest 
uh, interviewee, this show, is just a load of chip music because that's what we're going to need to do to pad out the time if stuff goes wrong later. <laughs> but let's see. It's a slightly shorter show this week as well due to stuff going on Resonance. Mm. Um, so lots to pack in. So we should get on with the news. What news stories have you found this week, Simon? Well, uh, I was doing my usual research, which was very quickly Googling um, news uh, whilst um, my daughter was watching In the Night Garden. And the stories that caught my attention uh, from Eurogamer, PS5 faceplate company is forced to cancel orders following a complaint from Sony, a company selling... PS5 faceplates has been forced to cancel pre-orders and remove its products following legal action from Sony. As reported by our friends at VGC, PlayStation, sorry, PlayStation5.com had already been required to rebrand following a complaint from Sony that accused the company's name of infringing its trademark. Now, however, the complaint's gone further with Sony's lawyers telling the firm that Sony's intellectual property extended to the faceplates and that if the company continued to sell and distribute them in any country, it would end up in court. So these faceplates um, are, are a bit of plastic. I'm imagining that you would. Sorry, I've, I've deviated from the Eurogamer story now. Um, <laughs> this, this is your editor. Hello. <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff that you could snap on the top of your PlayStation um, mm, and that to trick were... it out, right? To make it look fancy. And well, you're exactly. going to need to do that because these things are massive. They are massive. Um, but yeah, you won't be doing that via um, PlateStation5.com anymore, sadly. Um, which seems a strange move. Obviously, I can't comment on exactly the reasons behind it. But also, um, you know, there are plenty of companies that sell game skins mm. and uh, covers for all sorts of devices. Um, so yeah, I just wonder what it was about this in particular that well, has we caught can... Sony's ire. We can speculate, can't we? Um Perhaps uh, they wound Sony up by choosing the name PlayStation 5, and after that they were like, right, we don't like these guys, we're going to shut them down. Uh, or perhaps Sony have got something of their own, you know, of their uh, own in the pipeline. Or maybe uh, Sony have signed a deal with someone else already and they want to protect that deal for making faceplates. Uh, I have no idea. Those are three theories. They all any? sound. They all sound correct to me, Steve. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like a shout. I, 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 uh, this week is the closest I've come to uh, trying to buy a PlayStation Five. Did you see the Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, footage that they released this week? The only footage I've seen of that game is the footage with the cat, uh, which okay. really, really made me want that <laughs> game. <laughs> well, they showed. Um, uh, the main character, because in the in the in the original Spider-Man game, it was you could unlock a load of custom Spider-Man outfits from the comic books and films, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and they, they showed an unlockable. I think it actually it's a pre-order bonus um, into the Spider-Verse uh, animated um, Spider-Suit, which is uh, you know 
they, they were showing it on a PS5. You can buy it on the PS4 as well. But on the PS5, you know, everything's 60 frames a second, ray traced mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, the Into the Spider-Verse suit that they've got is is uh, sticking to the sort of animation style of the film. So it's it's rendering at, at, at sort of 15 frames a second or something like that. And it looked really, really cool. Um, I haven't pre-ordered one. Um, I don't think I could if I wanted to, but that's the closest that I've come so far. I saw a survey on, uh, you know... You know the Facebook gaming group that I've mentioned before, the insiders. Oh, yeah. I really should, yeah, I should, I should try and get you an invite, shouldn't I, to this? Um, I saw a, a survey on that, which was, you know, which next generation console are you going to buy? Are you going to get the Xbox Series S X, or are you going to get the PlayStation Five? Are you going to stick with a Switch? Are you going to upgrade your PC? Or are you going to wait until they get smaller, wait for the next versions? Which do you think was the winner of those five options? Oh, stick with your PC. That is correct. That was number one. And second was waiting for Wait till the, they get uh, smaller. Wait till they get smaller, which I, I am the it's... games industry. <laughs> I'm the high, games industry hive mind. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do this generation as well. Well, uh, then the demise of uh, Face uh, PlayStation Five will uh, <laughs> un- unaffect you. Um, so, the, the, sorry, another new story. Yes, um, from Eurogamer again. Another developer has delayed its planned December game to avoid getting crushed by Cyberpunk. When CD Projekt delayed Cyberpunk to the tenth of December to sort out issues with the current gen version of the game, Path of Exile developer Grinding Gear Games moved its action RPG's next big expansion from 11th of December to January 2021. Now, Rockfish Games has followed suit, delaying Space Shooter Looter uh, Everspace 2's early access launch from mid-December to January 2021 to avoid the behemoth that is Cyberpunk. So, I note that in in a Kickstarter update for backers, Rockfish went into more detail. They said, let's get the cyber elephant out of the room right away. That's, that's what uh, they're calling it, is it? <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, which I thought was a good line. was also the line that I pulled out when I also picked this story for oh, okay. my new stories this week. Well, so this has been the tricky issue that publishers have faced all year, you know, all year we've known that Cyberpunk was coming. Um, and obviously mm. we've been expecting new hardware as well. And so trying to pick a slot that, you know, isn't already really, really crowded um, mm. has proven quite difficult. And so um, Cyberpunk was originally due out in the summer. And so a lot of people were avoiding coming out. I think it was, was it was it May? It was originally supposed to, it was supposed to come out. So it slipped and slipped and slipped and slipped, hasn't it? And then um, they moved it uh, to September, and I think they moved it to no- uh, to October, then no September, then maybe November. But all the while, what you've had in uh, in the background, you know, the, the, these are two very public um, examples of of publishers coming out and saying, "Yeah, we are moving out of its way." Um, but all the while, everybody else has been trying to pick moments where Cyberpunk mm. wasn't going to be, and so yeah, I think. Um, yeah, well, it'll just be great to get it out for two reasons. One, that um, I'll be able to play it. And secondly, we'll be able to have with some certainty. We, we were going to publish something uh, that week. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether we still will. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, it's pick interesting a date, that, stick to it, Cyberpunk. Yeah. What's the matter with you? <laughs> but you could say that of all the other developers and publishers, because if people had held their nerve for well, the exactly. May release, yeah, they'd have mopped they'd up. <laughs> mopped up and then they'd be discounting against uh, yeah. Cyberpunk, wouldn't they? And be able to hit them twice. Who knows? 
Uh, yeah, it's, it must be an absolute nightmare. It makes me very, very, very glad I've been too lazy to make a game this year. <laughs> Uh, what else have I picked out? Also from Eurogamer, there is a Vampire the Masquerade Battle Royale releasing next year. Vampire the Masquerade is a game that I do not get but hear a lot about. All the time there seem to be different versions of this franchise popping up all over the shop. I mean, for the last decade or so, have you ever played one of these games? I've not. I've come. Um, obviously, I own it. Uh, mm-hmm. or the most recent one, which people seem to like, uh, mm-hmm. despite the fact it's apparently a little bit shonky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's got spin-offs, and, um, what, which, I, which I've not played, and then, yeah, the Battle Royale mode, I, I doubt I ever will. It must be quite risky right now to go into the Battle Royale genre, not just because there are so many dominant players uh, there and more arriving, presumably, for next-gen, one of which is this, right? But... Also because those games depend on you getting a mass of people playing and sustaining that mass, don't they? Yeah, and um, we've seen very, very high-profile uh, Battle Royales launch. Um, EA did one. Um, mm-hmm. No, sorry, sorry, Ubisoft. What was that called? Um, oh, it had, it had a really um, generic Battle Royale name, didn't it? Let, let's say it was called that. That was... Um, was it Ubisoft or was it EA? I'm getting confused. Actually, I think it well, might be EA. was Apex. Yeah, but then they didn't. They didn't. They do another one recently. I've just googled Ubisoft um, Battle Royale and yeah. come up with Hyperscape. That's the one. Hyperscape. That's what you'd call it, wouldn't you? Oh, I've never heard of it before. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like it's got the name of a video game that you might see in a movie that right. you know someone's kids are playing hyperscape and they're yeah. worried about well they uh, won't be by all accounts because no one is <laughs> right 12th of july 2020 it came out and i've yeah I've yeah heard. and it was a it, i think they were giving it away for free three weeks later um, well I, the, the three uh, the three uh, main questions on google you know how it gives you some suggestions to say are is hyperscape a battle royale is hyperscape free and is hyperscape out now which is right. <laughs> not a good look Average audience rating of 3.7 out of 10 as well. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. 3.7 out of 5. Much better. That is much better, isn't it? Oh, they, yeah, yeah. Hyperscape was really sad listening to the news then, but then it was cheap. <laughs> <up, wasn't> <laughs> what a turnaround. Um, what's going to be different about this vampire bl- um, battle royale then, Steve? I have absolutely no idea because it lost me at Vampire the Masquerade. I, I, you know, I am bemused that a franchise this big can exist without me ever having played anything. Last I looked, they were doing visual novels based on this. Right. I, I mean, is that I, one I, of the spin-offs you're talking about? Like, y- yeah. Is that uh, Coteries of New York? Is that what that's called? Mm, something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Not for me. Or you, by all accounts. No. Uh, no, definitely not for me. Have you got any more? I've got another one here. I do not have any more, no. Um, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan has suggested that the meaningful meaningful future of VR is still years away. Um, during an interview with the Washington Post, he's explained, he explains that Sony is playing the long game. Um, here's what he says. Specifically, I think we are more than a few minutes from the future of VR. That feels like a bit of a weird way to express that. PlayStation believes in VR, Sony believes in VR, and we definitely believe at some point in the future it will represent a meaningful component of interactive entertainment. Will it be this year? No. 
Will it be next year? No. But so we're minutes away you, from it, but it well, won't be next no, year. Sorry, he th- no, he thinks we're more than a few minutes, which, you know, uh, two years' yeah. time is definitely more than a few minutes. Yep, that's true. So people who bought into the uh, PSVR headset, which has sold over 5 million units as of January 2020, um, they must be a bit disappointed to hear that, that Sony aren't going to... I mean, they are supporting it. I believe you can connect a headset with a free adapter that Sony are giving out. But it doesn't sound like Sony are going to put much money into software development for the next couple of years for PSVR. And isn't there some ambiguity between um, what versions of what games will run on PSVR on PlayStation 5? Is that Um, right? Yeah, I think I was reading um, that um, No Man's Sky uh, and there was something else. In order to run them on PSVR on PS5, you have to play the PS4 versions. Right, okay. Oh, you have to play the PS4 version, Four version on, on your PS5 in order to get um, your VR up and running. Uh, huh. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's um, one thing that we can say for certainty with this uh, transition, with this um, uh, generation uh, transition is that it's an awful, it's awfully complicated to remember who, what's what, isn't it? Mm. Y- you said earlier that you're not going to buy an Xbox One S- Series X. Does that mean you're going to buy a Series S? <laughs> Does it? I don't know. I don't know, Simon. We'll see what Santa brings me this year. Um, I, this this tone of this uh, this piece, to me, reminds me very much of the transition period between uh, the last Xbox generations, and who knows what they were called, but when they were still going hard at Connect, right? And they were still saying, we're definitely going to continue doing Connect. We're definitely going to continue doing Connect. And then it slowly disappeared. Um I would be nervous if I was a PSVR fan right now because I reckon in two years' time the landscape of video games will have significantly changed anyway. Whether it's going to be VR-focused or not, we will find out. Good. While you were chatting now, I did confirm what I was saying. Yeah, so it's um, Hitman, uh, No Man's Sky. Um, uh, will not. Uh, you'll need to run the... PS4 versions on your PS5 in order to get them in VR. All right, well that's obvious, isn't it? It sounds like it sounds like more than a few minutes of faffing around. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks, Simon. Thanks, Steve. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. Chip Music that uh, we've downloaded from chipmusic.org, which is where we get all of our excellent music from. Uh, we'll leave the track notes and the listing in the show notes. Uh, you'll find your favourite podcast uh, application. I'm not sure what we do, Steve, for live listeners. How are they going to know what we've they, been listening to? They are going to go to www.onelifeleft.com uh, in a couple of days on Wednesday. And then they'll find all of the notes there uh, carefully added by our under-caretaker, Phil. 
Thank you, Phil. Now, this is our um, eighth, we think, um, episode since the series returned. We're still recording it remotely. We did uh, six weeks of practice podcasting with mm-hmm. just Steve and myself. Uh, thankfully, we broke the monotony last week with our first guest during lockdown and... The hits continue. We're delighted to be joined by a super special guest again uh, this week. It's Zach Weddington. Hello, Zach. How's it going, guys? Great to be here. Very well, thank you. Lovely to see you. Where are you, Zach? I'm in Philadelphia. Yeah, I guess about 90 minutes outside of New York City. Uh, how is Philadelphia at the moment? It's, pretty, it's a yeah. tricky time over there right yeah, now. Yeah, a bit we tricky. Are this. You know, of course, I, I'm in the suburbs, right? So, you know, <laughs> I haven't really noticed much going on. Just kind of staying <laughs> in my little house here, my little my little uh, man cave, you know. Well, best of luck uh, to you. Uh, we're talking to you on uh, November the 1st. Uh, so it's a couple of days before the presidential election. Mm. The show will be going out Wednesday. Zach, who knows what will have happened? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we're making history. Well, all eyes are on it. Certainly from here as well. It's best luck with that. Anyway, let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about some uh, nicer things. Tell us where you, what, uh, what you're up to at the moment, Zach. Well, I'm out here, you know, just telling everybody about Arcade Dreams. It's a, you know, multi-part documentary series about 100 years of arcade history. And, uh, yeah, I've been working on this thing in the background, you know, a couple years with a, a great team. You know, uh, we've got an incredible director of photography. He's Amiga Bill. You should look him up. Uh, he's a world-class director of photography. Of course, the series is directed by me. And we've got some amazing chiptune artists like Citrix on board. Seriously, go to ArcadeDocumentary.com and just, you know, flip through. You'll you'll get to see some behind-the-scenes, you know, sketch about the series. And, of course, you know, uh, you can go and back us on Kickstarter now. We're live. We're one-third of the way through the budget in 11 days. I love it. Great. What 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 is it about the arcade in particular, Zach, that made you want to uh, document the last hundred years? <coughs> well, <clears throat> you know uh, that's a good story. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I began my uh, independent film career making a documentary about the Amiga, right? And um, you know, like uh, just you know, for anybody listening, like I, you know, I'm an Amiga fanatic. You know, from back in the day, it was a really great, you know, kind of like bedroom story. You know, um, I, uh, I really got my hands on, you know, 3D rendering and, you know, computer animation and all kinds of video stuff like age 12, 13, right? You know, because of this Amiga. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, ha- I had a passion project, Viva Amiga. You know, we made that documentary. And then, you know, I guess I just thought you know, a natural follow-up would be do something about games, you know? So, so, so yeah, here we are. Zach, you say a hundred years of arcade yeah. games. That's going to come as a surprise to some of our <laughs> listeners. Um, how come the history of arcade stretches back so far? Well, you know, uh, making the documentary has been a real process of discovery for me because um, originally I was going to follow up Viva Amiga with the documentary about Sega, right? And, uh, you know, I got online about three years ago and... Um, you know, started realizing that I didn't really know anything about Sega. Sega, you know, it stands for service games. That means military service, right? So Sega's roots go back to post-war Japan. 
And, uh, you know, originally they were making these uh, games for these, you know, the military service guys, you know, American troops stationed in Japan after the war. And when I found out the games that they were playing, it was like, holy cow. It's, you know, it's some serious Sega history going back to, you know, the electromechanical days. And uh, yeah, yeah, after I, you know, I started finding about some of these really weird, bizarre Sega games, I realized, you know what? Let's open it up to 100 years of arcade history because I can see there's all kind of cool games and an and a evolution of games that we can track, right, through 100 years. What's was, the was, earliest game you've got in there? Oh, it's probably some weird, purely mechanical stuff. Uh, I think uh, it's an Army-Navy, um, like kind of like a proto-pinball game that just you know operates with springs it's kind of like a weird pinball thing we've got some amazing footage of it you know uh it's these are this is museum quality type stuff yeah just keep it real so you know um once i made friends with a, with this collector right who had these antique sega games and uh you know we started working together and he said you know what zach i've been keeping this a secret from you for a few months but i'm getting ready to auction off the world's largest collection of coin-op games in history, right? <laughs> so I'm like, well, that sounds like a good start to a documentary. <laughs> so, so yeah, we went out to Las Vegas and got involved, you know, uh, documented this auction. I mean, three or four million dollars worth of antique, you know, Sega games, Casco, kind of weird Japanese stuff, great American stuff, Gottlieb, you know, just... A who's who of of non video games, right? Old fashioned, I, and so yeah, that, that that's where we started it, man. I was I was looking at the trailer for the documentary that is up on Kickstarter at the moment, and there's some really wonderful footage of some of the old sort of sports games, yeah, like a baseball, a mechanical baseball oh. game. This, all of this sort of stuff. Did you did you did you get the opportunity to play any yourself? Yeah, we did. Of course, you know, I had to fire them off as you know our camera guy and Meager's Bills getting the shots right. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, it was a whirlwind there at this auction, but uh, yeah, you know, um, we just got a treasure trove of footage and some really great interviews. You know, about you know uh, like uh, what it was like to collect these games and you know highlighting you know. Various games, some cool stuff coming up. We've got more videos to share, right? Tell us about some of the people that you that you have managed to interview. Uh, you know, one of the most fascinating guys so far was this uh, gentleman named George McAuliffe. And, you know, this is a person that doesn't normally get interviewed for this kind of documentary. Uh, and that he's really, you know... On the business end, you know, I like to tell stories about, you know, entertainment and business, right? And this guy, George McAuliffe, well, he created some of the biggest chains of arcades, you know, in the United States, you know, beginning, you know, with some 70s, uh, 70s chains like Tilt and Spaceport, all the way up to, you know, Dave and Buster's, right? You know, which is like what we call a family entertainment center complex. You know, he's handed, he's had his hand in all these different arcade chains, even, you know, even at Disney resorts, right? Creating like uh, one of the most spectacular, you know, arcades for, for Disney. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. It was amazing to interview him and just, you know, I really, you know, I think you guys can probably really, really like this inner workings of how, you know, games are, you know, brought to the public, how they're brought to life, right? 
Do you talk about the future of the arcade? Because a lot of people think arcades are over now. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think so. I think, you know, right before COVID hit, we were in the middle of a really big arcade renaissance, right? Where, you know, uh, we ha- we you know these barcades were just popping up all over the place, different retro arcades, and, you know, just all kinds of different new arcades popping up all over the place. And then, of course, yes, COVID has hit. And now, you know, everybody's kind of scrambling, you know, trying to save the arcade. You know, we, we want to be on the side of really, you know, making a big, you know, kind of, a, an, you know, announcement to the world that arcades aren't going anywhere, you know. And, you know, whatever happens from now, like, you know, we're, we're part of the history. We want to be part of the future. What's your personal favorite arcade machine, Zach? Probably <laughs> the Sega G-Lock 360, you know, just because it's the, you know, it's the pinnacle of Sega madness. H- have you guys ever seen that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it has, it's been a long time since I've seen one in the flesh, so to speak. That's because they break all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just from a, you know, three, you know, 360 degree view, I mean, it's just amazing how they took, you know, I guess afterburner and decided to make it like a flight simulator. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy in the intended. And then, you know, eh, kind of dialed it back. Uh, Stun runner. You guys like that Atari games. I'm a big Atari games fan. Stun runner was, was a very, you know, important game to me growing up, uh, you know, uh, entering the world of polygon graphics. Mm. So Excellent. Uh, where can people find out uh, more about what you're up to? Uh, just go to arcadedocumentary.com, you know, find us on Kickstarter. But, yeah, just go to the website. Of course, we've uh, got a Facebook page, YouTube channel. If you go to the website, though, you'll get you'll get all the links you need. And, yeah, please, you know, check it out. And we've got these uh, really great rewards, all kinds of cool merch that we're giving away with this thing. Um, yeah, including some, you know, amazing artwork uh, by the artist who did the poster for Ready Player One. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, wow, yeah, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that didn't seem real to me. Like, you can just hire these guys, you know? <laughs> wow. My son was watching Ready Player One only this afternoon. Um, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, best luck with, with, with the rest of the Kickstarter. Welcome back to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. You can also find us on the internet at www.onelifeleft.com. That's where our podcast is. So if you are listening listening to us live on Resonance, do go and check out the podcast. Download it. Add us to your podcast portfolio. Uh, We had a couple of tweets this week asking about Anne, um, whether she's been quietly removed from the One Life Left team. She absolutely hasn't. Um, we would never do something like that. We would remove her noisily. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are very, very much looking forward to having Anne uh, back. She's just having a bit of a, a bit of a rest at the moment. I, I, had uh, a, but... I had a business meeting with Anne this week. Did you? I did. did you? Yes. Yeah. I spent uh, about forty minutes with Anne. She's she's very well. Excellent. Okay. Uh, she will be back hopefully, hopefully soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna write her an email. I'm gonna ask her if she wants a business meeting. Do. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Um, Tell us now. Our guest was brilliant, wasn't he or she, or, or the chip music? Yeah, thank you so much to our guest, 
all the music that we played <laughs> because the interview didn't work. Uh, but yeah, both of those things were great. And you can find out more about the person <laughs> and all the music in the show notes, which are uh, readable on www.onelifelife.com. But now, one thing we can tell you we definitely have are our letters. Our letters, yes. Four letters coming up now. Chris Stewart writes, Dear Team OLL, long time no see. It's almost bonfire night and many of us will be staying away from big firework displays. Animal Crossing has fireworks throughout August and way back when Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 let you design your own work, uh, your own, your own for work displays. What video games do you think have the best fireworks or are the best alternative to fireworks? I read that terribly, I'm sorry. Because we let you design your own for work. Oh, I think it's firework displays. That's a, ty- that's a typo, I think. I, oh yeah, no, maybe it's one of those audio type work typos. Oh, uh, well, okay. I've been using audio transcript because we asked for letters, did an urgent call for letters, and maybe Chris Stewart's running through the streets just yelling into his phone. He said... Let you design your own four work displays, and it came up. Well, he would have said firework. You, you know what I mean. Well, um, we're just speculating, Chris. Yep. It's a great question, Simon. Do you have an answer to that? Uh, well, I can tell you what the most recent was was an excellent mission in Mafia Remastered, where you have to go and do in someone on a boat, um, mm. and they're at uh, they're, they're on the water, um, setting off a, a very spectacular firework display, and so you have to avoid. Uh, getting caught whilst the the uh, the was the uh, beautiful beautifully rendered firework display is going on in the background. It's, it was very difficult not to stop and pause and admire them and go ooh and ah. But I would have been caught. I've got an answer to this, uh, <laughs> uh, which is um, Fantavision which was launch title for the PlayStation 2 in 2000. And it's a game where you connect fireworks. It's kind of almost a little bit rhythm action-y, a little bit puzzle-y. It's beautiful and um, came out in 2000. Hasn't been updated for 20 years. I thought it would be a perfect PlayStation VR game. And if in two years' time, when PSVR comes back on PS5, anyone wants me to make it, I would love to make that game. Or I could just make my own sort of branded version, couldn't I? Firework vision. Forework vision. <laughs> Perfect. All right, next letter. Uh, we've got a letter here from... Um, uh, yeah, okay. We've got a letter here from Robert Wells. Uh, Last night was the Watsonathan, Robert writes, a 24-hour comedy show, and Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning Jordan Brooks played Captain Silver for 24 hours, hoping to finally finish a game he had never finished as a child. Spoiler! He didn't. Which ones that got away tempt you back even though you know they're bad? Which gamer, gaming siren sucks you back in? Which endure, what endurance... I'm reading this terribly. What's going on? What endurance nonsense would send you? Would you send to your enemies? Pip, pip, Robert. Thank you, Robert. Sorry I made such a bad job of reading that letter. Uh, well, I mentioned one of them last week on One Life Left, which undoubtedly you will have heard. Exile, uh, the game that I first played in 1988. Still haven't completed, but do go back to regularly. Um, what about you, Simon? 
Yeah, similar answer. I mean, I, I think I think uh, Dragon's Lair does tick that box. I mean, it's barely even a game. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, I, I, yeah, I do buy I it do on whatever format it comes well. out. Go on. I've got another answer, uh, which is another game that some people would describe as barely even a game, and that's Football Manager. Um, I have never managed to get into Football Manager, the full Football Manager game. It's too complicated and throws too much at me and bewilders me with its choice. But every year, I think, I fancy a crack at this. I fancy throwing myself into it every year. Like, genuinely, download it, give it a shot, and I make it maybe 40 minutes in and go, oh, it's not for me. Bewildering. Uh, yeah, but I constantly, constantly fall for it. Um, another letter. Greg Strauss writes, hello team and SSG question mark. That's offensive, isn't it? <laughs> or, or, or is it? <laughs> um, Watch Dogs Legion came out this week and I've been enjoying exploring its virtual London. One of the game's core gimmicks is you can recruit and play as any civilian you encounter in the world. Which means if you play it Grand Theft Auto style by running over NPCs, you're actually killing off potential recruits with their own unique abilities. Meaning you have to be more careful with your collateral damage in order to not miss out a good recruit to add to your team. What kind of gameplay paradigm shifts can you think of that completely changes how you used to play games in a certain way? Yeah, I think that's really uh, smart. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very, very clever. Dexter definitely wasn't playing Watch Dogs Legions um, over the weekend. But if he was, he would have pointed out to me <laughs> um, some of the uh, recruits that he didn't. Uh, um, bring into his gang, <laughs> and one of which wasn't an, an old lady whose skill was um, couldn't run or use cover. So they all have these sort of procedurally <laughs> or, uh, generated traits, which, which yeah, no, I, th- I thought was a really smart spin on it. I would say also smart is that letter, and possibly too smart for me on a Sunday evening. <laughs> Thinking about paradigm shifts is like, well, we struggle with most of the letters, Grey. That one is a, is a level above us. Um, I don't know. I will dwell on that for the rest of the show. Uh, maybe during the chip tune music uh, that we are playing, assuming we haven't already played it in the show. Uh, oh my goodness. There's one more letter uh, from Chris Conroy. All right, it's Conroy. from Chris yeah. Conroy, isn't it? Uh, dear team and SSG, two in a row, imagine that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad it went well. <laughs> Potentially. Christmas shopping has started very early this year for all the wrong reasons. And with Microsoft and Sony going head-to-head with their new consoles, many people will follow the party lines and opt for one or the other. Meanwhile, Nintendo are cannily sneaking in more innovative Mario merch with the Lego crossover and Mario Kart Live, and it looks more likely that our household will head in that direction, unless there's something that makes a new console worthwhile. Are there any other big potential Christmas gifts lurking on your lists or those of your loved ones? Your Christmas consumerism correspondent, Chris Conroy. Good question, Chris. Well, um... So, uh, I am very, very generously passing on my Xbox Series S uh, to mm-hmm. a friend who um, couldn't get hold of one for his children. So, uh, the pre-order that I placed will be going elsewhere. So, I, I won't have a new Xbox nor a new PlayStation, the way things are looking. Um, the uh, bits and bobs that do remain on my list, though, are the um, 
the Game & Watch uh, Mario 1. That looks fun. Um, I think I had a dream about that last night, genuinely. But the one that's really mm. surprised me um, that is uh, something that I've asked for um, literally as a byproduct of somebody's service is a Razer mobile phone gaming controller. Like a, <laughs> it's one that so you sort of pull it apart and put your phone in the middle of it. It's got zero right. latency because it's Razer and it's going USB-C mm-hmm. directly in. But I've done that um, okay. uh, so that I will be able to um, <laughs> so that I'll be able to play Cyberpunk via GeForce Now on my mobile phone. I guarantee to you I will never ever do this, but I really want <laughs> I really want the I really want to know that I can. In an emergency. I want, <laughs> I want uh, someone, an, a One Life Left super fan, to make a super cut of all of the crap <laughs> you have bought over the years, knowing that you are not going to use yeah. it. Oh, yes. Um, I don't know what I'm going to get for Christmas this year. The thing that is still tempting me is the Oculus Quest 2, because my VR kit is a couple of years out of date, and I really, really want... There's a few games I, I, I want to play, and um, the only thing that's stopping me is that it's white, as I'm sure I've mentioned on the show before. The dream would be that in a few weeks' time, they say that they've sold everything out and they're releasing a new version uh, in black and then I will absolutely 100% buy it um, or ask Santa for it there you go Zuckerberg uh, Easy. there's an easy win for you there good right well I hope that's given you some suggestions um, we can maybe reflect in January won't we maybe we do, we do some un- un- <laughs> live unwrapping um, for a Christmas special um, thank you very much for your letters please do keep them coming too team at onelifeleft.com One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Still no movement on the paradigm shifts. Uh, Sorry about that. But I do have something else to talk about, which is Marioki. Marioki was last Friday. It was our very, very spooky Halloween Marioki. I just want to say thank you to everyone who showed up to that. Uh, We had a lot of fun. And you were there, Simon. I popped in. Yeah, I um, I was... uh... Kate had gone to bed and I was just having a look at the internet before I do you know just to check all's well before I turn in for the night I do this every night you're all very welcome uh, yeah, and I, I spotted that you I popped up and yeah I was really really impressed I got involved as well I got so I stayed up much later than I should have done drank more than I should have done and even sang a song <laughs> Um, you did you close the night down with back in black? Yeah, back to back. back, to back. I was um, so I'm not sure how it came out because I had to close the other. Ta- I mean, technically, it's really impressive what Marioki Online has become. Um, but I had to close the tab down, which which had you on it. So I don't know what the performance came out. But what I was trying to do was go out of the house onto the street um, mm. and do some sort of Halloween singing there. But then I realised that um, 
I couldn't move too far away from the Wi-Fi. So what you have is this strange <laughs> performance of a man going up to his front door, coming back in and then deciding to do it again. But uh, yeah, very much enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Did you like my costume? Really did like your costume, yeah. I mean, actually, that was because you'd been bigging it up so much. I was like, okay, let's see what Steve looks like. Came for the costume, stayed for the singing. So the, the be- I'll give you a little bit of a behind-the-curtain knowledge here. The beauty of the costume, so on the stream, the Marioki stream, uh, I was a headless ghost. Um, very, very exciting. And we thought that'd be quite easy because the Marioki, uh, at Marioki HQ, we have a green screen there. And so, theory, all I need to do is wear a green, you know, green top. Yeah. Um, so I went on uh, an internet shopping site to try and find a green top to wear. Uh, I did do a search for green lycra. <laughs> and I didn't find any. Uh, I started to get nervous. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe we're not going to be able to do this. So actually what I ended up doing, Simon, was ordering a child's T-shirt uh, uh, for, for a 13-year-old and stretching that over my, uh, my supple... <laughs> middle-aged frame just really levering myself into this thing um you know putting some uh, putting some bandages around the neck and around the wrist putting some blood on there and then just praying that at no point this technology fails <laughs> because otherwise all the, the everyone on screen everyone on stream is going to get something much more horrifying than a headless ghost but it was all fine. It worked, it worked out. brilliantly. It worked perfectly. Uh, so, so yeah, I was relieved. It was it was an excellent night. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to uh, reprising that costume for our Christmas special, Headless Santa, uh, coming up. Right, uh, time for the reviews. Steve. Well, I've been playing Noita, haven't I? Uh, I actually sang about Noita at Marioki on Friday as well. Uh, and it's been uh, brilliant. But I also played a couple of those 10MG, uh, 10 milligram or 10 minute games that have been released on Steam and Itch this week. Do you know anything about this? Oh, we yes, talked we about it, about didn't we? Week, yeah. Talked about moving the Overton window. That's the one. Uh, still haven't looked up what that means. Why, why would uh, but you? I have played a. Yeah, I don't know. I think I adequately explained it uh, previously. Um, yeah, so I, I played a couple of those. I'm just looking at what they're called now. Uh, you may have to review your game first. Well, I can happily jump in. I uh, have been playing Cloud Punk. Uh, so, in, in the absence of Cyberpunk, uh, I've been uh, I've been playing um, other Cyberpunk-style games. And uh, Cloud Punk, I've had my eye on for a while actually, mainly because of the way that it looks. Uh, it's a Cyberpunk uh, taxi delivery game uh not crazy taxi style uh mm-hmm. almost the opposite of that actually but you you uh, play a courier um that uh works for a shadowy uh company that uh, is asking you to drop packages off that may or may not be uh suspicious or dangerous or what have you um uh, and right from when the, the game was announced this it's 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 rendered in this sort of voxel style neon voxel style and um it's always looked really really um a- a- appealing to me um the one thing that sort of <laughs> genuinely well the, the thing that, that tempted me into it was that i've been looking at screenshots all the rest of it and you, you played it from a third person perspective so imagine the sort of um fifth element style uh, taxi so it's 
so sprawling roads vertically as well as horizontally this beautifully rendered city um it's lovely lovely atmosphere so you fly the car with third person and there are moments where you get out and explore the city on uh on in, with a third on foot but third person as well well they um introduced the first person cockpit view uh last mm. week and that has really really brought the game to life so both first person and third person you can fly around you fly around as this amazing cyberpunk city you know uh moving between uh various points advancing the plot i mean there wasn't any combat in it it's much more of a narrative uh game um you know you you make some choices in it but sort of how impactful they are i'm not i'm not i'm not certain uh, yet but uh, there is something really brilliant about flying through this neon voxel city in first person and uh, choosing you know whether to go left or right up and down and all the rest of it and so actually really being in that 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 world that you've seen in all the sci-fi films so yeah thoroughly enjoying it it's a it's it's a different it's a slower pace of game than the ones i've been playing more mm-hmm. recently it's it's um it's uh yeah it's 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 just really really lovely to control so um yeah i think the update came out last week uh absolutely brilliant thoroughly recommend it seven out of ten uh, the three games that I've played on uh, 10MG, uh, all of these are available in a pack for $10, I think, uh, or you can buy them individually for a couple of couple of quid. I've mixed my currencies there, <laughs> so some of that data may be incorrect. Um, I played You Are Such a Soft and Round Kitten, is it? Yeah, You Are Such a Soft and Round Kitten, which I played because of the name. That's kind of what you might expect. It's a shonky but mostly lovely platform type game uh, unusual and seems quite quick and dirtily produced but is adorable uh played that for about 15 minutes i played snack which is s-n-a-a-a-k all in caps uh it's a take on the sort of nokia classic nokia snake game uh, only with some puzzle solving in it, uh, exploring this environment. Really, really, really enjoyed it. It's exactly what I want from this sort of thing. Maybe spent 20 minutes in that. Um, played it, thought, oh, that's cool. And then just it, I finished the game. It didn't really didn't outstay its welcome. Uh, it compressed in that 20 minutes, like the tutorial element of just gliding through this world, teaches you the things to avoid, teaches you the puzzle element offers you five or six puzzles and then you just do one final one it's like cool i'm done loved it and um smiley face as in colon open bracket is the other game i played again i can't really tell you more about that because it was charming in the way it changed every few moments to be something else uh, but was just full of joy for about 15 minutes and ended really really enjoyed these experiences and if like me you don't have much time for video gaming anymore i i want to say that's because you know i'm older and because i've got a family and all of that but it's actually because i'm just sinking all my time into noiter uh if you want to play some short palate cleansing bursts of games then 10 mg is the way to go uh seven out of ten great i think that's about it see isn't it that's it it was efficient i mean you know and and what a spectacular guest as well <laughs> right we, and all pieces of music <laughs> we should pop off and interview that guest now shouldn't we so hopefully that'll be dropped in in the interview section at the, in the uh, after the news if not yeah we'll talk to you next week zach <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah yeah as ever all right uh, 
thanks so much for listening uh, to all of our podcast subscribers and dedicated Resonance 104.4 FM listeners. Uh, we will see you again next week. But until then, goodbye! Goodbye! <laughs> Oh, <laughs>